Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com, the tool that makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and goals, and the Wondersuite tools will automatically lay out your WordPress website or store in minutes. Seriously. From there, you can customize your design, pick your brand colors and add blocks, no custom theme or coding required. You'll get content suggestions that you can keep or revise. And with Yoast SEO built in, we automatically help you get found in search engines. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins to an AI-powered help bot, our built-in tools make WordPress wonderful for everyone. Whether you're a beginner or a pro, you can join over 2 million Bluehost users. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. That's bluehost.com slash wondersuite. Coming to you live from downtown Detroit, this is Benzinga's Pre-Market Prep. Your host, Joel Conan. This is a volatile puppy here, isn't it? And Dennis Dick. I've been a penny. I will buy the stock for a penny. With everything you need to start your trading day. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to this Monday pre-market prep. Spencer, Israel, Joel, Conan, Dennis Dick with you this morning. Let's see some likes. Let's see if we can get to like three, four, five hundred likes on today's show. We got a lot to get to. Of course, the market is reacting or has reacted to the Trump being hospitalized on Friday. Various weekend developments there. So we'll talk about that. The market's reaction to that specifically, not so much that news, but just how the market is interpreting this and, and what it's doing this morning. Um, a number of other movers as well. We've got some M&A this morning, some uh, healthcare news. Theater stocks are down. DraftKings had an offering, so they're down as well. GAN signed a deal with Win. They are up. Everything is pretty much up here. The market's feeling good to start the week. Our guest is Chris Camillo. He would join us at 8.35. He, he hosts the Dumb Money show uh, on YouTube or the Dumb Money YouTube channel. He's got a really good uh, view on markets. And uh, Joel, I mentioned everything being up here. Is that still the case? Yes, the uh, THI, the uh, Trump Health Indicator Index, is trading up 20 and a half handles at 33.59.75. Ah, uh, range bound. Uh, we haven't hit yesterday's inner day high yet at 75 a half, nor have we seen that kind of fluctuating closing price there of 39.50. Uh, crude rebounding with the market up a buck 64 at 38.69. Gold above 1900, but not by much, up uh, or down 40 cents at 1907.20. Silver. That's in the green, going the opposite way. That's up 12.6 cents at 24.155. And Bitcoin, oh boy, is this thing calming down. Uh, we're up $190, but not even a $200 range. It's at $10,740. Uh, Triple D. Yeah, stop, you, stop. You said you were going to take Friday night off. I had full intentions of taking Friday night off. And then obviously we had volatility and we had a health scare and the president's flying, getting flown to the hospital. I was like, I'm not taking Friday night off. <laughs> so I traded till eight o'clock. Uh, wife wasn't overly pleased with that decision, but it needed to be done because we had lots of volatility. And obviously, 
you know, a lot's transpired here over the weekend. We talked about that the markets were a binary event over the weekend. Was the president going to be healthy or not? If his condition had worsened, the market would be substantially down. But we saw him riding around in a car yesterday. So obviously the market has now determined that this, uh, you know, that it's, he's, he's getting better. It looks like he's getting better. And the market is applauding that. I, I think it's safe to say there's been some mixed signals here. You had uh, the chief of staff, Mark Meadows, say that his condition on Friday was worse than they had let on, uh, which led to his hospitalization. And then you, you had a conflicting statement from his doctor about whether he had or had not received oxygen. Uh, but to Dennis's point, he did go out yesterday, as, as I'm sure you all saw. Uh, and uh, I want to follow up on what I said yesterday, which is or, uh, Friday. Keep one eye on his Twitter feed, if he's tweeting, that's probably a positive sign. And he tweeted a lot this morning between like, I don't know, 6.45 and 7.15. He was just on a Twitter rampage. Um, so I'm using that as my indicator. It, Trump's activity on Twitter is my indicator for how he's feeling. Uh, and based on that, he's feeling fine this morning. Uh, for our purposes, purposes of our show, what we want to focus on is the uh, stocks Back. from the two drugs that, well, not just the two drugs, but two of the uh, drugs that we've been following. He received uh, on Friday and over the weekend, uh, Gilead's room disappear, and he received Regeneron's cocktail as well. Uh, Regeneron also getting an upgrade this morning from Kenner Fitzgerald. Uh, so that's helping things on the Regeneron front. But those two companies, those two stocks are in play this morning because of this news. Hmm. Well, you got a nice pop uh, in both of them. Uh, let's look at the uh, Regeneron first. Uh, and that, that's having some extra, uh, extra talk with the, the guy being on CNBC. That hit 600 bucks and just under 600 bucks, still trading up at 594.38. Ah, boy, a level to keep an eye on here. Let's see if we can get through 600. And where's that double top at that we had in this issue, which we have not reached yet? Uh, that's closer to 610. Let's call it 610 and a half. And then, uh, but not showing any signs of fading yet. Uh, Gilead, man, someone got real excited uh, when they got up at uh, four o'clock this morning. And this thing printed 6591. That is a huge move. Uh, just settling here under $64. Historically, a lot of these stocks have had pops off this kind of news, but a, bit, a little bit harder to maintain, especially Gilead. When we popped up near 80 a couple times uh, on this similar news, it faded. So we'll see what happens in today's session. Regeneron getting the upgrade as well. I mean, Gilead moves absolutely ridiculous. So this is the dog of biotech stocks. And somebody at four in the morning gets up and pays 66 bucks because they gave the drug to the president. That's just dumb money right there. And if you were up there fading at a four in the morning, congratulations. I was sleeping at four in the morning, but if I would have been awake, I would have been hitting those bids left, right, and center. I'm not buying it at 63.96 either. I mean, is there value in Gilead? They've been talking about value in Gilead for a decade here now, and the stock just does not go up. Trend not your friend here still. I like to sell rips on stocks and downtrends. Gilead continues to remain in a downtrend. I am not a fan. Regeneron, I am full disclosure, I am short Regeneron, but. I am, you know, I was, I shorted it Friday night and then it gets upgraded here this morning. And then the CEO is on CNBC and it's had so much pumping. 
that this trade is not going to work out, I don't think. So I wouldn't be surprised this holds on to the gains better than Gilead. I'm still playing it that I just naturally fade these pops on these drugs because, one, you know, is there new news? No, they gave it to the president. But he's feeling good. So it's getting lots of headlines. It's holding up fairly well. The trade's not working. I shorted it down the 585 area, and the upgrade obviously is not helping my cause here this morning. This was just an overnight fade trade, just like the Gilead was. So we'll see, but it looks like this one's not going to work out for me. All right, so I will Gil- probably be cutting the loss this morning. Okay, and Gilead is kind of sneaking into uh, Friday's range. Uh, Friday's range, just the top of the range as you look for a gap fill. That comes in at 63.84. You're not far from there. So it would be important to hold yesterday's high, as I mentioned, 63.84. Or there's, I mean, it closed two cents off its low of the session. Now, I'm kind of surprised at that. With Trump being sick, you would think that there might be some speculation that, you know, they'll give him whatever drugs are available. Uh, the close down at 62.15, and or the cl- close at 62.17, low of the day, 62.15. So, I think because he had already gotten the cocktail from Regeneron, uh, they, that they, they thought they're not going to nail him with both of them, but they did. So, and that's why Gilead obviously getting the pop here this morning too. But, you know, just looking here, you still just look at it and say this stock is just every pop, every time it's pop, it's been another selling opportunity. And why is this time any different? That's why I just hate on Gilead all the time. Obviously, we know this is a stock that traded very well back, you know, and obviously the stocks you trade well, the stocks you don't trade well. This is one I've always traded well. It's one of my best trading stocks of the year. Obviously, I was buying, you know, at early March and April because of room disappear, and then you could see the luster fading, and then I kept shoring the pops, and it kept working. So this one I got pretty good on both sides, but... I'm, I, I can't get on board here. I just can't. There's support at 61 to 62. It's no Yeah, doubt. exactly. Long-term yep. charts. Am I getting short Gilead long-term and saying it's breaking through 60? I don't know if that's the case. I mean, you know, they're, they're, they're still trying to find where, ways to grow. Um, so 60 still support, but to get excited and pay up four or five bucks because they gave the drug to the president is just not the way to make money. Maybe wait for it to make a new monthly high. Look at this. Going back to... Uh, Going back to April, monthly highs have come down every month so far. So maybe wait until it at least gets some kind of green candle, closes above a monthly high. We're still early into October here. Uh, long-term support, you can see it here on the bottom right chart. We've come down there a long time, but you know when st- stocks come down to an area, either a support or resistance area, and they hang out there too long, uh, they tend to take it out. But uh, we got other drug news we got yeah yeah we got an acquisition we got an acquisition but before we go to that just on this whole um flying under the radar here and i am long this full disclosure just overnight but you had qdel coming out late friday night with a test give us the details on that spencer yeah this press release when when you say late it was very late the press release didn't hit the wires until 7 15 on friday so like nobody except for dennis and like two people are watching the news at 7.15 p.m. <laughs> I bought the stock. On a Friday. So uh, the, news. the news was that they received emergency authorization from the FDA for uh, their rapid antigen ABC test, uh, which uh, essentially can tell the difference between COVID and normal flu. That sounded pretty good to me. I read the headline, and then actually I had time because nobody's trading Friday night to actually read the article as well. And I was like, that sounds like a pretty good test. So I decided to buy it. I bought it right around like two 
239, 240. I had to pay up a little bit, but I thought that this might get some life on Monday morning when everybody starts to dive into it. It hasn't really got much press here yet, but it's trading up at 248. So obviously some people have read it. I don't know. I'm, I'm holding on to it. This is going to be an overnight trade. I will sell this here probably today. Uh, but as of right now, I think it's up 5%, but it's pretty good news. So I'm thinking this thing still might have a little gas in the tank. 250. I mean, look at all that. Big Before, number. Yeah, You're right. It's a big that. number. Yeah. So it's, it's close to there, but it's holding the bid. Uh, so it had tight ranges. I don't know what happened back uh, when I, before it had that big drop. I don't know. Was that earnings or maybe a bad drug or something? Bad drug news? Uh, but 250. Look at all those highs in the same area. You got to think yeah. that if it comes back up to that area, and I actually I looked at the high of that area. Stall, could stall out. Yeah. That's a good yeah. point. That's maybe the, the the selling point. We'll see. But that, there's already trapped. a couple. There's already a couple. There's some shares selling there already. So you're right. That 250 stands out like a sore thumb from technical resistance. So right. that and might it's be important to too because uh, I heard Lisa talking to some people over the weekend, and she was like, "Well." I don't know if you had the flu or I don't know if you had COVID. You know, the best thing to do is to go get tested and find out because, yeah. you know, similar symptoms. So it, it's important. It's a big move. Love to see it get over 250. Maybe even if you're really looking for something, Dennis, maybe throw something out there at 250, I see two highs between 53.33 and 53.83. So if someone gets real excited, maybe you can get that as a potential. It probably player. depends just on how much press it gets. Like if you get, you know, CNBC starting to cover this, then, you know, you get uh, obviously a lot of people excited about it. it it's only traded 7,000 shares this morning, so completely flying under the radar. So it's just a matter of whether it gets, you know, the, the, it gets the media coverage or not. Uh, we just got, speaking of, of new drug news, as the show was starting at 8 a.m., we got a headline or PR from Abbott Labs that their COVID rapid test got approval in Brazil. Okay, cool. So Abbott gets another pop. We've seen Abbott pop on these tests here before, though, and it's been a selling opportunity here. So hard to get excited until Abbott can get over 110. I kind of feel like Abbott's topped out. Don't you kind of feel like that, Joel? And you know what? It was a Kramer top because he came on, was 114. He's like, you just got to buy this stock. And obviously that was the very top. Um, it was two days in a row. So you see, you see the big run up, which was the news on the test before. That was back on the 27th. And then it gets up there again. And the reason it got up there the second time was because Kramer was literally on Mad Money and said, you need to buy the stock. And it popped 3 $4 right up to the old high again, right on that Mad Money show. I know because I shorted it. And then it went down from there. So sometimes, you know, these things pop out when they get, you know, the, the double Kramer pump and that's what's happened. And it's went down since then. I feel like that Kramer top is going to be the top. 108.66. We're not even trading above Friday's high. Can't even sniff 108 yet. So uh, see what happens if that would be a nice target. 108.66. And then the lows uh, before it broke down was 110. And you snuck up there again. 110 major resistance. But I think I'd be leading, uh, leading your way on this one. Uh, let's see what happens yesterday's high or Friday's high, 108.66. What's happening with our Levant, RSP, letting us know. I just brought this up for the first time because RSP's talking about it in the chat. We're in LTHM. We know this is the FMC spinoff from a few years ago. The entire Here, trade, play. The entire good trade, news? Well, the entire trade is hot this morning. Uh, what LTHM do we got? What do we got? Up. That's big news. LAC is up. Um, I didn't see here. Uh, Finally, this dog is barking. I mean, Joel, happy about this one. <laughs> been, 
We've been everywhere with this one, Joel. We were up, we were down, we were left, we were right. Now we're sitting pretty. We're actually, where'd you buy this? Uh, actually, I bought it when I looked, Raz came on the show and he liked it. This. And he was really into it. And I was like, all right, this is a Raz pick and he does his homework. I was like, I'll, I'll get in on some of this too. I think it was like six bucks, wasn't it? Yeah, sixes? I think I'm at a little bit higher. But uh, um, I got this one from Gene. Oh, Gene, this was Gene originally, wasn't it? Yeah. Yep. That's where Raz got it from, didn't he? Raz got it from me, and I got it from Gene. That's how it went along the train. <laughs> so. so I think Gene is uh, – Gene. Does, we know Gene. We're talking Gene Munster. We know Gene does his homework. So I like all Gene picks. This is, uh, this is a really big pop, though, especially since you were at 750 a couple days ago. If this wasn't in a long-term holding, I'd be a short-term trader. And just look at that. Someone says 1150. Uh-uh, we're not going to 1150. 1145, 1145, 1146. Now they stepped their offers down to uh, 1099. I think did it get some Barron's love too? I, I just skimmed over Barron's this weekend. I, I'm not sure if it did it, but that's a big move. We'll see. I mean, historically, when I see these kind of moves and I'm like, oh, 1150, that's a top. They usually prove me wrong and just keep my going but just on the 15 minute chart you have to you have to like that and then a monthly high if you're looking for a little bit higher of a target 1229 uh that was your high in february uh before the market melted down so so what's the headline that's driving all these stocks this morning spencer well there was a there was a tweet from an influential person on on financial twitter um that there was some investment in some other company that's triggering an interest in the theme and uh uh, to cutting our dependence on China, but I think it's just, the whole theme is hot this morning. Um, Sh- Jason Chubnow, who's been thinking of managing it, uh, mm-hmm. mentioned to me, I asked this question about an hour ago because I wasn't sure either, and he said, let me find what he had told me. He had mentioned uh, XPEV, which is a EV play. They reported strong sales, um, so it could just be like that whole theme is, is hot today off of that headline i don't really know oh who cares we don't need to know the news we just know the theme is hot there alb lthm uh lac what other ones do you got out there those are the big three that i'm gonna have an electric car with a lithium battery backup well that's i think you already have that well (laughs) i mean yeah the 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 battery is is lithium so you would have that i think regardless joel's already got that sorry joel that's already been created <laughs> right, uh, then just real fast. That's why Joel's a trader. Real fast before we move away from the, the uh, unless you want to give technicals, Joel. I didn't. I, didn't uh, I gave it on. Uh, what's the other one? ALB is a big one. ALB is one, and they obviously are just, not just lithium. There are other plays as well. But this one does move around, so you're not going to see the kind of volatility you're going to see in a pure play like Levent. But you've got ALB popping up three percent. I mean, this got slammed. I know. On battery a, a day. Tesla, yeah. It all got slammed after battery day after Musk was, I think he tweeted out or said on the conference call that we got plenty of lithium and all the lithium suppliers just got annihilated, you know, the next day. And obviously, you know, this we're buying opportunities again, buy the dip on stocks that are in strong uptrends works again here. And you look, you know, LAC, LTHM, they all had dips. I mean, LAC, you know, maybe we should just go talk that one. If you want to talk exciting stocks that got hit after battery day down to six dollars and 71 cents this is 16 dollars. no this is crazy this is seven sessions that's taken off like a you know this is a full-on rocket ship oh, mode here reverse split yeah it was full-on rocket ship mode so i i don't know can you chase it here i don't like chasing stocks you know that the opportunity was after battery day when they slammed them all and the stocks were in clear uptrends and they gave you a dip to buy them all 
now it's like if you bought that dip, this is probably the upside capitulation move <laughs> that you sell into. So we're in the LTHM. I'm I'm with you, Joel. It's in my long term account. I'm thinking the story is still gonna stay hot. I'm trying to stay with it, but if I had it in my trading okay, account, now. I'd be selling it too. You know what we should do? And we should what? do this today. What? A lithium SPAC. Is there one of those out there? Probably. No, I don't know actually. There's a lithium okay. ETF, I believe. I think well, let's it's do lit, a lithium SPAC. How how quickly can you do a SPAC? You gotta raise we, got, we gotta just do a SPAC. You Come gotta on. raise some money. <laughs> We need uh, to just do a SPAC. Everybody's getting rich yeah. except us, Joel, Spencer, <laughs> Benzinga. We need a Benzinga SPAC. We'll put a whole bunch of stuff into it. It'll put, you know what we're doing in the Benzinga SPAC? We'll put everything in the Benzinga SPAC that, you know, and obviously a SPAC is buying something, but, you know, we'll put stuff. This is more of an ETF, I guess. So the SPAC is usually <laughs> it's, a what you're making it's more of an ETF. So um, scrap this whole idea. This okay. is a bad idea. Sorry. Morning, but I was going to say we should be buying stuff that Benzinga uses is what I was going to yeah, say. Yeah. And that works this morning because again. Yeah. Let's, let's talk. Well, yeah. yeah so real fast. LIT is your lithium ETF. There you go. It's got a lot of Tesla in it. Too, Ooh, though, I think lit. You got to like that. LIT. Let, okay. Light them up. Uh, GAN, this is interesting here. So GAN signed uh, a 10-year agreement with Win Resorts. They're going to provide the back end, the technology for Win's uh, online ga uh, uh, gambling platform uh, in Michigan. And they're going to start in Michigan in November. Joel. So Say that again? So GAN is going to be the technology behind Win Resorts' uh, uh, online gaming, internet sports betting platform. Uh, platform in Can, i got a question for you guys yeah because i'm not on these um i'm on, on not on uh, dkng or any of these betting sites yeah can you bet on a horse race after it starts <laughs> is it kind of like betting on the roulette wheel after no. it's already started no, no that's different because you could trade sports and different things you used to be able to bet intra-game okay horse racing and a three-hour game or different but you no. kind of should be able to do that you though, should Joel, be able because the to. odds would be changing oh we got the leader you know and there's the odds are going to be moving. well i now. told you that one story where uh when my dad used to gamble at the horses in college that they the one window when it closed it would close like 15 seconds late so they would have three people stationed at different at different areas at the start at the eighth pole and then they would like drop the program if it was for horse number one because you could tell like i i put a few shackles on max player um in the preakness and like the race started i'm like okay i lost he got bumped he, he just you know he couldn't get to the lead and i knew it was over i mean it's harder but whatever little tangent there I mean, but yeah but it I, should be yeah i mean you can bet on sports games intra you know intra game yes, too can yes. you not you can on for games. Yeah. Can. So why can't you be a bet on the horse race? That'd be I mean, crazy. It, That'd well, be you can. You know, the leader's falling off here, and it's like, okay, well, then the odds start going up for him. But then he saved it all for the tank, and he's in the home stretch. Then he blows by it, and then he makes some more money. I kind of like the intra. Yeah. yeah. Between Again, race, I mean, you can bet intra game for a game, not for a, a horse race. So anyway, uh, Gan just be able to bet on whatever you want to bet on, right? Gan is up. We like betting on everything. Let's talk about GAN. And that thing almost got to 19 bucks this morning. So if you're looking for a target, 1890, uh, I don't see much there. I mean, now, next couple of days, if you get near 20, you had three, four highs in that area. But yeah. catalyst, you finally got a catalyst, right? There you, you know? go. 
We talk about that. It's been in the doghouse. It wanted some positive news. It got some positive news. How does it respond to the positive news? That is the next test. So does it respond? Because you want to see it hold. And if it decides to just start rolling over and it fills the gap, and then you're like, okay, well, you know, the positive news isn't even helping. And it was just an opportunity to sell a weak stock because GAN is in a clear downtrend here now too. So by our rules is we sell stocks that are in clear downtrends, but there is still a potential story here. So I don't like shorting story stocks. That's why I'm probably on the fence on this one, not chasing it, but it's good that, you know, there is a, at least some positive news here and it's responding well to it early. So the GAN holders get some life. I think you're right with the $20 area. I think there's going to be a wall of resistance up there. Lots of people have been buying this center down and they'll be looking yeah, to get their exactly. money back. Short That's the hardest trade. thing, man. That's why it's so hard to buy stocks that are in downtrends because there's so much overhead supply and so much pain. And so many people are like, please give me my money back. <laughs> and, 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 and yeah, and that's why, you know, when stocks are making new all-time highs, you don't have any of that. That's why it's so much easier to buy a stock making a new all-time high than it is a stock making a new low. It's easier to make money on the stock making the new high. It's counterintuitive to fundamental investing because you're buying high, but it just seems to work. Okay, let's stay with gaming. We got an offering here from uh, DKNG. Yes, we do. DraftKings announced this morning an offering of 32 million shares of stock, 16 million from the company, 16 million from selling shareholders. That's what they do. They sell the stock when it's high. Okay. We have complete precedence here. We know yeah, how Penn just, say that. Penn yep. just did this. We got a playbook here for this. So we wait until we get the price and the price will probably come out tonight you know at latest tomorrow night but probably tonight and then you've got a price and we know that price will probably act like a floor so the people who struck early on pen were not rewarded because it was 72 and then okay well they will buy it at 66 67 the price came out at 61 and it, the stock traded significantly lower the next day we know three days later the stock rallied it all back but if you're buying it now you're probably a day early because maybe this offering price comes out at 60, maybe it comes out at 58, maybe it comes out at 55. It tends to try to pull down towards that price, but not go beneath it. So if the offering price comes out at, say, 58, I'd be a buyer at 59. If the offering price comes out at 55, I'd be a buyer at 56. Those are for trades, not long-term investments. But that's the way the ARB is played, and that's the way I play it. Yeah, good time. I mean, excellent time to do it after your stock is rallied like this, down Perfect to 285. Time. The streets may be thinking 61 right now with the way it's trading, but uh, yeah, I mean, you talk about precedence with that pen. Uh, if you were shorting against that, uh, he didn't do too well on that. What That price actually came out at what, 62? 61, I think. I think 61. Wow. wow. It never traded down to the price. It was, uh, it was I think it was 62? 62. Okay, so it never traded. It got to 62 and a quarter, never traded there. And on good well, stocks. Sorry. I'm sorry, 61, 61. Okay, so it was 61. So again, I'm going to repeat this. I said it last week, but this is a very important thing for newer traders to, and all traders to understand. When stocks are doing offerings to grow the company, those are the kind of offerings that you want to buy. Those are the kind of stocks you want to buy. When stocks are doing offerings to survive, to raise capital because they're in a cash crunch, those are the offerings you absolutely do not want to buy. So this is the kind of offering you do want to buy, at least from a trading perspective. You know, obviously, you know, valuations and staying on DraftKings, we know that. I've said I like the pen gaming better because just from a valuation perspective, I think there's more there. But DraftKings is more pure play too. And DraftKings is getting a lot more press than probably pen as well, although Barstool Sports get a lot of press too. 
So I would be a buyer of the DraftKings, but I want to be a buyer after I know what the offering price is and then using that as my floor. And if it starts to, you know, take that out and go down below that, then I'm going to say, okay, I was wrong on the trade and move on. But I think just from my perspective, it works better when, you know, you know that offering price as opposed to striking a day early. And a great example of an offering you wouldn't want to buy would be X, U.S. Steel. When they jammed all those people at uh, 850, it came down and then, I don't know, I can remember. Oh, we could still, we still prize. Yeah, right. And then it went all the way down and then it got, had that one day over 850. Look at that. One day and then held, couldn't hold that area and went right back down. But I just wanted to give an example of a company raising money, doing an offering to survive as opposed to one to grow the business. And the ones that usually grow the business are usually your drug stocks or something Yeah, the like smaller this. drug companies. You see this all the time too. And it's why when you're tracing drug moves, you know, you get a positive trial from a smaller company. They almost always, you know, in a lot of cases, day two, a couple of days after the trials, they announce an offering. Why? Because, well, we have to fund the next round of trials. So then that brings the price down and that's your buying opportunity. So it's not to chase that initial move on the positive trial. It's actually to wait for the offering two days later and then buy it when you find out that price and use that as a floor. It works well. The Arabs play it that way. I've played them that way for years too. And they work more often than they don't. I mean, as traders, we always live in the percentages, not in the absolutes. There's always going to be, you know, situations where it doesn't work out and you need to cut those losses. But it's just a nice strategy when you're buying a stock and uptrend, it does an offering to grow the company and then you use that offering price as a stop out. It works well. Uh, real quickly, we were talking about the lithium and the electric vehicles and everything. Plug power, uh, kind of, they're not, what they're, um, what are they, hydrogen or whatever? But anyways, they seem to be getting a lift over there uh, on this news too. And the question is, is that, are you going to break out over 14 and hold 14? Because I'm looking Brian. at the... I look at the monthly chart here, three months in a row, it struggled over 14. You're now trading well over 14 at, well, 14.66. So let's see it. Let's get some closes above it. Had a pretty good day on Friday. Where to close? Right near its high on Friday. I mean, I know this stock is have it has a checkered past because well what's know. the all-time high you want to talk about hey. a checkered past this stock this isn't just some you know company that's just come out here this has been out for years and this has been like for decades this has been like oh yeah plug power and it's been a money loser for a lot of people don't kid yourself it's been a money winner for anybody who's bought in the last couple of years but there are some people who are seriously underwater where's the all-time high on this thing back from the year 2001 hey, i think it's when even... we were all going to plug power I think that uh, it's been around even longer than this. But what do you have? Three eighty. Three hundred and eighty dollars in May of two thousand one. But I, I can't. I don't know what platform I was looking at. But I think this stock's been around since like the nineties, maybe. Don't quote me on that. Yeah, uh, well, I but think, I think you're right. Yeah, I think you're uh, right. but let's just look short term, right? Fourteen, holding fourteen. I look at it as a breakup. Yeah, I have it going back to ninety nine. So. Wow. I, I, I was playing Ballard Power too is the other one, BLDP. If you want these two have paired up together for years too. So bring up the long term BLDP chart. And it's gonna try to break out over sixteen. It's not as nice looking in the last little while because there's no clear uptrend here in BLDP as there is in plug power. But if you go out a couple of years, there is definitely an uptrend in Ballard Power. And this is another one. I'd played this before, um, you know, a few times I was in this. I haven't been in it recently, but this is another one that's got the checkered past. And well, what's the all-time high on BLDP there, Joel? 
Ah, let me go back you, you here. Go, go back way, way back. Same story. Good news. If you bought the stock in April of 1996, you've doubled your money. Yep. And you got uh, up to about 100 bucks in the tech bubble. Yep. So yeah. here you are yeah. 20 years later at it, 16. If you bought it 24 years ago, 26 years ago, <laughs> 24 years ago, and uh, you held it, then, you know. Timing is everything. <laughs> If you bought in 1996, you're laughing. If you bought in 2000, you're crying. Yeah, who cares about the long-term charts when you're a short-term winner? Uh, the other one was fuel cell, and that one. That's just good. why does that one? That one doesn't get any love at all. And there's a look good at this date. thing. But but even recently, like in the big run that we've seen Ballard Power have in the last year and a half, and and obviously this one, I guess you could argue this got down to 26 cents, but there's been no love for this in the last year. I've tried to play this from the long side a couple times, and it just loses you money. So here it is. Maybe eventually it's up here 3% again today because Plug Power and all of them are trading higher, but it's the dog of the three fuel cell. Uh, real quick, uh, S&Ps, I mean, we're in the green here. We're holding. We're falling back to mid-range on the session. Uh, Dennis, I mean, could we be in a trading range the entire month? You yes. know, we have the Trump thing, and then yes. you have the election. I mean, I kind of feel that way. I mean, sometimes, you, you know, you get lulled to sleep here. We had less than a 100-point trading range, or right around a 100-point trading range last week. I don't know. And, and, and like when I, I looked at my charts and my levels over the weekend, they're all coming together at the same number. So, man, it could be a range-bound week. We'll, we'll see what happens. It's I, only Monday at 8.32. I think it's chop. And we're going to – Christian Frommer to set it. I've said it, Joel, so we keep saying it. Sell the rip, buy the dip, because I think we just chop around and have no real direction here until we get closer to the election. And obviously, I still firmly believe that the Trump – that the market wants Trump. Um, because they got the certainty and we know Biden is more of a main street than wall street. We know how much Trump, you know, has supported the markets, his administration over the last four years. So I think as we get closer to the election, I tend to get a little more nervous about the markets, but we're still ways away. Trump can still make up some ground. We got four weeks here, but, um, and right now Biden is, is leading considerably. So I'm not sure if Trump can make this up or not after Biden gets in, it'll be maybe a different story, but you know, we still obviously have Trump. You know, even if obviously he loses the election, he's still in for the re remainder of the year. So we'll see how quickly they, you know, price in. And you know, Hillary had the lead. Hillary had the lead. And Brexit wasn't going to happen. So uh, there's a lot of things. I mean, correct. they gave zero chance to Trump the night before. The, the, you know, all the major media said there was absolutely no chance that Trump can win. This election is over. And what happened? Trump won it. There's a lot of people who will vote for Trump that will say they won't vote for Trump because Trump has so much, you know, there's so much hate. There's people that say they vote for Trump, but there's a lot of people that are going to vote for Trump that aren't going to say they're going to vote for Trump. So that's my opinion. We don't want to get political yeah, here because nope, it pisses I'm everyone sorry. off. Whenever we talk politics, everyone gets upset because everybody's got a view and everybody values their view more than the other person. I give not. historical perspectives. You guys. Get well, correct. I want to crack Joel's point. Brexit still hasn't happened. <laughs> Wait, why? Why? How many um, years have we been talking about Brexit? I don't know. How many years? <laughs> Four years, I think. I, I sort of lost. Is Brexit ever going to happen? I, I mean, I, I saw it flying through my timeline again this weekend. I was like, are we still talking about Brexit? Like, I don't even know where it is on the timeline now. Three of us are not. I, I don't know about other people. I can't stand Brexit. Let's change the subject. Bring on Chris here because right, we're going to talk social arbitrates. Done with Brexit.
Okay, yeah, I want to bring our next guest, Chris Camillo. Uh, he hosts the uh, Dumb Money channel on YouTube. He's a market veteran, a trader, an investor. Uh, and I want to ask him about uh, this market because he has a pretty unique view on things. So we'll get Chris on here. Chris, I, I, I know you're on mute, but can we get your camera on so we can see you? There, there we go. Is. There he is. Good morning, Chris. How are we doing? What's up? Uh, I want to ask you, so before you hosted uh, Dumb Money on YouTube, you had a company called Ticker Tags. You were basically one of the first people to realize that you can get signals from social media. Uh, and, and you sold that company a few years ago. Do you ever wish that you still had Ticker Tags in, in 2020? Yeah, every day. <laughs> it, it, it's a it, <laughs> It's a little bit of a regret because, you know, it was sold to Jeffries, uh, their M science division and the technology was kind of folded into their institutional products. Um, yeah, every day, man. Uh, but you know, you don't have to have an institutional product like ticker tags to essentially capture social conversation and measure it quantitatively. It's a little bit more difficult to do it without ticker tags, but you can still, surface um you can still surface the anomalies off of just straight off of twitter if you know what to look for we call them tags so it's all based on the word combinations uh that you're surfacing on twitter and you could even do your own measurements as to you know to, to identify the kind of volume of conversation and how it measures against kind of known benchmarks so you know if there's a big show on netflix okay, you know, how well is this show doing versus another show that we know is, you know, a top show on Netflix? And is it capable of really broadening the audience, uh, you know, the audience stream that quarter? How do you filter out the noise? There's so much noise on social media. There's so many influences out there. Obviously, you know, you pick the people to follow and everything, but how do, how do you filter out the noise? Yeah, what we do is we measure conversational volume, right? And, and at Ticker Tags, Ticker Tags had a way to systematically filter out bots, to filter out noise. But ultimately, it's about contextually relevant conversation. And when you're looking at it yourself, like if you're on, if you're on Twitter, I'll give you an example. A recent trade we had was a container store. We got a lot of buzz for kind of being early on that trade. We kind of announced... You, you might you have heard the show, The Home Edit, right? The Home Edit blew up on Netflix, became a top five Netflix show. And the whole thing is essentially an infomercial for the container store. Container stores sells these basically home organization products that these two celebrity ladies now convince millions of Americans to buy to reorg their closets, their refrigerators, their pantries. But, you know, when you look at that, you can really sense the depth of interest in a particular franchise or a show or a product or brand or a cultural shift that's happening, right? A shift in consumerism. You can sense it not by counting how many mentions of the brand, but just reading what people are saying. It's not, it's not rocket science, right? When people are, when they're throwing out tweets, that they're completely obsessed and they're sharing pictures of their pantry and they're like, God, this stuff is sold out at my local container store. And, and there's thousands of people trying to find this stuff. I mean, you just, it's just, it's just not that hard guys. I, I mean, it, 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 the research itself is not that hard. It's the work to continually surface those trades early, right? Because now there's been a half a dozen articles on container store, home edit, the stock's up 70%, 
So where were you 70% ago, right? Were you in the first five or 10% of people to surface that kind of info arb opportunity or are you coming in midstream or late stream to it? So it, it's, it's not that difficult to filter out the noise, guys. Filtering out bots on Twitter, it's just not that hard to do. You just you spend half an hour reading tweets over a particular contextual subject matter, and it's really simple to figure out if it's, if it's a bunch of bots or people trying to mess, right? I mean, think about how big Twitter is. You just, you can't, you, you can't not see through the noise because you have to look at the organic conversation, and it's really easy to decipher. So we all know being investors or traders that getting in a trade is a little bit easier than getting out of trade. So something like the container stores and maybe use another example. What do you use for an exit? Do you use technicals? Do you look for a decrease in the volume of traffic uh, from the ticker tags? Because, you know, getting in is no, easy. Getting out, no. what do you use to get out? So social ARB investing, which is something that I created, I don't know, 15 years ago, and now it's finally starting to pick up steam with investors. You don't look at any fundamentals and you don't look at any technicals. You don't even look at stock price. In fact, the best way to social arb a trade is to not even know what it's trading at when you get into it and not even know what it's trading at when you get out. Like it, we know that's not realistic, but that would be the best way to do it. You don't want stock price to influence your decision-making. So you're entering that trade on the identification of information. It's what we call an information imbalance. When you pick up on some piece of information that you think has not been fully digested by the market or not fully appreciated by the market, that can meaningfully move a sector or a particular stock, either up or down. That's an information imbalance. You exit that trade, and this isn't an exact science, but you exit that trade as you begin to reach what we call information parity, when that information starts to be fully digested by the market. So in the instance of a container store, right now that we have half a dozen articles and you know Benzinga I think is writing about it, the New York Post is writing about it, people are talking about it, that is starting to reach kind of information parity or saturation. Now, when will that actual information parity event truly be? Because there's a lot of doubters right now. You know, can the containers, can this show really move the needle for container store sales? I believe it can. Uh, that will be on, on earnings, right? Obviously. So more often than not, an information parity event is when analysts start speaking about the information that you're, you're trading or even retail traders talking about it on stock twits or you know, media companies like Benzinga uh, or just kind of hits the financial news in any way. And the ultimate information parity is when the company itself comes out and says, you know what? We had this thing happen. This thing was Stranger Things for Netflix you know, three years ago. Uh, this thing might be uh, the container store, uh, the, the home edit for the container store. It might be the propane trade, right? It might be suburban, suburban propane partners coming out saying, you know what? Uh, there is such an influx of restaurants that are opening up outdoor patios that there's so, so much more demand on our propane this year. We've never seen anything like this. And that moves the, needle, uh, the earnings needle. That's the ultimate information parity event. It's not because the stock is up. It's not because volume's up. You have to trade. It's purely trading that piece of information and nothing else. I mean, so, you're getting ahead of the buzz. I mean, this is, and this is such, I, I watch you on, on, on Dumb Money there, Chris, and I'm a fan. I mean, because you have a unique way 
of finding trades in the social herb trade. I'm like, I'm very intrigued by this. It's something, you know, that I do to a certain extent with the news, but um, I'm not, you know, digging in, you know, the Twitter ditches here trying to find and get ahead of the next buzz, but it's very unique. I mean, what you said was what I actually just said about 20 minutes ago when I was giving Abbott Labs. I mean, we've been talking about the test, the test. The topping event for Abbott Labs was when Jim Cramer was on Mad Money pumping it all up and talking about it and once it gets like on mad money everybody now knows about it and this is going to you know be the event that often tops it out it's not jim kramer's fault it's you know it's just a matter of once it gets to that level who's left to find out about it so do you, is that where you look to is like to cnbc and say okay now everybody knows about this this actually might be the time to ring the register you have to look everywhere. And that, of course, CNBC is, is a great resource for information dissemination. It's not, that's not when you're getting in the trade. That's kind of when you're getting out of the oh, trade. If Jim oh. Kramer's talking about it, right? You're, you're, you got, it's kind of, but but informa- information parity is not something that happens all at once, right? So it's not like one day nobody knows about this, the next day everyone knows about it. It kind of happens slowly over time and, and there's degrees of dissemination uh, of that information. So usually when I'm exiting a trade, I'm not trading it all at once. You know, I might exit part of my container store trade now. Yeah, the stock's up 90, 80, 90%. Uh, and I'll start to exit that out. I might exit the last shares, uh, you know, when, when we ultimately see earnings, if I think the impact on the company is greater than the impact that people expect it to have, right? The analysts expect it to have, that, you know, retail traders expect it to have. So um, this is not, what was really interesting about this strategy is, you know, we spent four and a half years uh, visiting every hedge fund on Wall Street, every sell-side bank. I worked, you know, day and night training sell-side analysts on how to analyze, uh, you know, conversational data. Top hedge funds in the world, like the ones that you know of that are managing, you know, 20 to 100 billion in assets. And I work with their data scientists. I work with their analysts, their portfolio managers. And they couldn't quite grasp this strategy because it wasn't systematic and it wasn't black and white, right? Each circumstance was different. So it's not like they could run an historical test on social ARB, right? And and actually perfectly figure out an algorithm to run this over and over and over again because every single social ARB trade is a little bit different in the way that you have to analyze it and trade it. And Wall Street has a difficult time with variability, right? They want systematic repeatability. And because of that, I always say this is the best. And believe me, I've seen behind the curtain, guys. I've worked with the best institutional traders in the world, and they just can't do it. Even with ticker tags, they just can't do it. It's mind-blowing to me. Um, This is the best methodology for retail traders to have a true, true advantage over institutional Wall Street, okay? And like, you know my track record. I turned... 20,000 into 35 million over the past 14 years in my trading account, all audited, right? And that will come out uh, again this year in Jack Schwager's new Unknown Market Wizards book this uh, November. I have nothing to do with, but I am one of the five equity traders that he writes about in that book and he fully audited my account. Um, it works. It just, it, it, just, it just works. That's all there is to it, guys. This year, I think I'm up uh, 15 and a half uh, million this year. Uh, on just doing nothing but social arb trading. And that's just in the last six and a half months. Um, so it's, it's just, it just works. 
Chris, I, I got a question for you too, because you started this year, actually, it's, it's, it's so intriguing to me because we actually were both on the same page. We both started, I think from watching you on Dumb Money, you started this year kind of bearish because we were up there and we didn't know where, this, where the virus was going. Like I was watching it on Twitter in China and I was very concerned about it. And I talked about it on this show for months and I was way ahead of the trade, too far ahead of the trade because I started buying puts and, 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 you know, and I never buy puts, but I was like actually buying puts because they were cheap enough back in January because I thought that this virus was going to get really serious over here and everybody who's following the show they know that's you know I was early on that I had my whole first round of puts expire worthless and I had to reload and buy them all again and I went way farther out and then that ended up working out for me I know you were doing a similar thing you were nervous about the markets but what you did with that I didn't do was you turned around and started buying stocks back and obviously had a really good year of it where I actually sold and I bought my puts and I covered some puts, but I didn't reload everything down in March. What made you turn around and get bullish in March? Yeah, first of all, I, I feel your pain on the early puts because I was a little early too. Um, I wasn't as early as January. I started buying my puts in February based on the virus. And yeah, it's, it, by the way, it takes a tremendous amount of conviction to when you're watching CNBC every day and everyone's like, oh, buy, remember the buy the 2% dip? Remember that 2% dip that, Literally every analyst in the world came in and said, buy this dip. This is what we've been waiting for. And you're sitting there to, be, to put essentially millions and millions of dollars at risk uh, on a short trade that was a combination of S&P puts and just straight up shorting the market was just so ner- I didn't sleep at all. Right? I'm like, can the whole world <laughs> actually be wrong? Can they be wrong? I was saying the same wrong. thing. I it was like me, you. you yeah, I, I don't know me, you, Bill Ackman, a few other people. I, I don't. There's just a handful of people that were really strongly going negative back in February, preparing for this global pandemic. And you know, not everyone stuck around because they lost on the first few waves. Like like I lost on my first big wave of puts too, uh, and I stuck with it. Thank goodness. Okay, so why did I come back? Uh, the reason why I came back was not necessarily because I, I didn't switch to long because of the stimulus, uh, you know, the, the projected stimulus trade. I came back because there were a number of tickers that just should never have went down based on the pandemic, right? Tickers like Peloton and Amazon and Shopify, you know the names. They're the names that came up first that everyone's like, dude, this company only benefits in a pandemic, right? And so essentially, if you were just a little bit early to figure out that even if the entire world falls apart and everybody sits at home for the next year and every restaurant goes out of business and every theme park goes out of business and no one ever travels again and no one ever goes into the gap again or to Old Navy or wherever, right? That's only a win, for Shopify and Amazon and right, like Peloton, right? No one ever goes to a gym again. But you see, the market is consumed by noise, right? And so when you're consumed by an anomaly event, it just doesn't think rationally. So what we always talk about as social arb traders is having a prepared mind and running scenarios, right? You have to run the scenarios in advance. So when these things happen, you're actually prepared. So I knew those stocks were beaten down. I didn't know how long it was going to take for the market to figure that out, but I started not long after I was shorting the market. I actually did a combination trade to where I was still continued to short the market heavily, 
but I was selectively going long Amazon and Shopify and Peloton and right stocks I thought were, were winners. And I, and I suffered through for a few weeks when those stocks continued to move down. Um, but eventually those stocks came back and popped. And when then you added the stimulus on top of that, you know, people started to open their minds to where the winners and losers. Remember the winners and losers trade in like, what was it late March, April, May? Finally, the market started to wake up to, oh, wait, people are going outdoors. Maybe we should buy Camping World, right? Like, oh, what are they doing this summer? Like, what, what are they, act oh, they're buying more boats. They're buying RVs. Like, dude, this is not fucking brain surgery. But again, <laughs> if you know, if you truly, and really the best thing for me at Ticker Tags was being forced to spend four and a half years of my life seeing behind the, the curtain, right? Institutional Wall Street. Because I always thought that I don't know how I'm doing so good in the markets, but there must, there has to be some intelligence on the other side that's better than me, that knows more than me. And maybe I just got lucky. Maybe the first eight, nine years of my run was just luck. And when I finally got to see the other side, I realized it's not just luck. There's literally nothing behind the curtain. I mean, don't get me wrong. There are some people I really respect and I'm still close with, um, on the other side of the curtain. I think they're brilliant data scientists, brilliant traders, but honestly, it's like five people out of 500 that I met over the past, over that four and a half year period, like no joke. And that includes all the analysts, all the, all the sell side analysts you read about, chances are I spent time training them on, on you know, on, on social ARB and, and conversational data analysis. I mean, I, I like them. They're technically smart people. They have high, high IQs. They're just so, into doing things one way. Their brain is trained to do things one way. They just can't get out of that box, right? And institutional Wall Street can't get out of that box. I think that's a good point you're making is that, you know, Main Street just thinks that the institutions know everything. They're, you know, the smart money is the big institutional money. And what you're telling us, it's not the case. And obviously there's, you know, you can beat these institutions because they're not as smart as you think they are. Well, that's why we call ourselves Dumb Money. It's like dumbmoney.tv, <laughs> by the way, is our YouTube channel, right? We yeah, call ourselves Dumb Money because they call us Dumb Money, right? And we're like, fine, we, we'll own it. You want to call us Dumb Money? Fine. I'll own Dumb Money. I'm going on 15 years of 64% annualized total portfolio returns, right? There's not a smart money account in the world that has done that. So I'll be the Dumb Money and I'll keep doing what I'm doing. And I believe that Dumb Money... Is, is more prepared to, to outperform in the market than smart money. Like I think we have an institutional advantage over smart money. So they can own smart money, we'll own dumb money, and let's see who does better over the next 15, right? What's the dumb um, money doing now, Chris? We got a lot of noise out there. We're coming into a major election. We're uh, you know, looking at trading ranges. What is the dumb money doing? Now? I, I, I'm so glad you asked because, you know, that we're having a show later today, actually. That's what we're talking about. Um, so here's the thing. Right now, this is another one of those times when there's just a tremendous amount of noise. Okay. The president in the hospital is just noise. Okay. Period. This whole thing is noise. And what does that mean? It means there's an opportunity to trade because the market is confused with the president being in the hospital. Everyone's like, is he getting out today? Is he not getting out today? Is that good or bad for the market, right? So you gotta see through all of that, right? You just gotta see through that. You gotta be one level past that. Um, what really matters, I think, is not whether the president gets in or out of the hospital today. 
I think there's a couple things that I'm looking for. Uh, is he more or less likely once he gets out of the hospital uh, to have a relapse, right? So right now, I think one of the in most interesting things about the president is the steroids that he's on, right? The steroids, if you research them, and I probably spent four hours researching accounts of people that were on that same exact steroid that the president got on this weekend. And you have like a two to three day window where you are just feel amazing, right? You absolutely feel amazing. Um, some people turn psychotic under that steroid. It's, it's actually kind of scary. Well, um, Chris, but Chris, I'm not sure if you saw his Twitter this morning, but um, I'm, I'm, not, I'm just saying. Yeah, I, you know, I, I didn't actually. Uh, I haven't even checked anything this morning yet. Uh, I did like that GAN trade. I mean, I, I'm in I have 35,000 shares of GAN, so I'm, it's nice to see uh, GAN get that win, uh, the, the win with win. Uh, but no, no I, I uh, listen, I think there's a two to three day window. And I'm not saying that the president's not going to fully recover and then just move on. You know, it would be great. And maybe he will. But maybe he doesn't. Right. So I'm really looking ahead of him getting out of the hospital. But what I'm also looking at are the polling numbers, because honestly, and we can debate polling all day long. The market is assuming that him getting out of the hospital is a huge win for the market. And it might be right at this very moment, right? The, the trade today might be a win. But what matters more is, are the actions he's taking right now a net positive or a net negative for him versus where he was five, six days ago, which is a pretty bad place, right? He was, Biden had a pretty big uptick in terms of like a one to three point uptick move. So I don't know. We'll have to see. I think there are polls that if you can get behind those polls and you could see the betting markets and you could just see over the next 72 hours, if Trump doesn't take a turn to pop, right? If Trump doesn't pop, that's a huge negative, right? Because I think the market is assuming that Trump being in, him getting better, right? He's just showing strength. Uh, this is a big pop for Trump. If he doesn't, then I'm going to power drive into those what I call Biden election trades, right? And you probably know they're Biden election trades. It's EV, right? It, 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 it's, you know, uh, green energy. Uh, you can call it, you know, uh, cannabis stocks, whatever. There's a whole ton of them, right? And so as we're only a few weeks from the election right now, it, this is Trump's big moment to kind of come back. And if it doesn't happen, I think you'll start to really see some movement behind those Biden election stocks. Right. Um, now, you know, likewise, if Trump does get better and it's just better, 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 right? You got to trade, you know, Regeneron here, right? And I, that's what I bought. I bought, uh, let's see, I bought a thousand shares of uh, Regeneron after hours on Friday. So, you know, we'll see, how that, we'll see how that takes. <laughs> Dennis, I, Dennis I was on the other side of the trade. <laughs> yeah. So, you know what? You're winning. I said, you know, this guy, so I, I said, I'm going to cover this at a loss here because I'm not going to win on this. So, it's Chris making the money on me. Let's keep it in the family. That's good. <laughs> well, you know what? I, that was a quick trade. It was a quick trade. I bought it after hours, not knowing. I figured the risk reward was in my favor. Um, but I was always planning to keep that trade for a few days. That's it. But listen, I would move beyond this hospital trade. I, I would get right back into the election cycle trade. And of course, there's nothing bigger than, than the stimulus trade. And that's where you really need to be focused this week, right? Um, is a stimulus going to get done? And what I tell all our people on dumb money is you got to be following Twitter second by second because that news about stimulus 
is not going to break on CNBC. It's not going to break on CNN. It's going to break through Twitter, through a single senator, right? Or Pelosi or someone making a comment that screw this, right? Like screw this, they're being, they're being jerks, right? We're, this ain't gonna happen, like we're too far apart. That one comment, whenever it happens and, and we realize the stimulus plan is unraveling, there's your trade, but you have, you have five to 25 seconds to get that trade on, right? When the stimulus is falling apart, you have five to 25 seconds. So if you're following the right Twitter accounts, right? If you're really looking at it second by second, don't, don't follow CNBC. CNBC is going to be about 55 seconds to 95 seconds later if they're not running a commercial break when it happens. Um, so you really have to be on top of that. All right, Chris Camillo is the host of Dumb Money on YouTube. Chris, thanks a lot for the time today. Yeah, guys, also follow uh, at Chris Camillo on Twitter. Um, that's where I share a lot of my thoughts. And I don't, like I said, we don't sell anything. We don't do webinars. We don't do any of that stuff. It's just us uh, teaching the world how to social arb the market. That's what we love. All right, thanks a lot, Chris. Thanks, Chris. Uh, I, I want to make a quick announcement. Uh, it is almost nine o'clock here. I want to make a quick announcement, though. My announcement is this. comes oh yeah joel you we thought remembered you thought we know you did oh. it you guys didn't remember sharon put it uh in the benzinga slack we remembered i got it right here on my phone on my phone it's a pop-up oh, yeah. on my phone joel's birthday October he's like 70 years old today seven. don't i look good man the 50 years old. The 56 per puts are worthless. Okay. 56 puts are worthless. You got to buy the 57 calls. I, I wouldn't even <laughs> sell any higher calls against it. But, uh, and uh, if you want to know what I got for my birthday, my birthday's every day. Joining people like you and Dennis and Spencer and all the people at Benzinga, huh. my family, my girls are going to hang out with me today. Lisa, maybe a big, uh, big rack of lives. Uh, ra rack of ribs last night i got some new golf clubs so thank you thank you very much and uh hope you all can look this good when you're 57 it's a swimming joel it's a swimming i gotta start swimming <laughs> all right if you want to wish uh joel a happy birthday you can do so by hitting the like button each <laughs> like is a happy birthday wish for joel I just did it. youtube birthday, man joel. get those servers ready there we go uh so, so happy birthday, Joel. Uh, we almost Thank you, forgot, Spencer. But we didn't. Uh, I want to so say that, uh, of course. Um, and I'm just realizing now that uh, perhaps uh, YouTube will be mad at me for playing that clip, but I'll, 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 <laughs> they'll, I'll they'll get fined later for that. <laughs> I will apologize. <laughs> I think they'll get fined later for that. I happy birthday, Joel. We're eating a fine videos. for you. Yeah. All right. Uh, that'll be a wrap for us today. We'll cover some more tickers on the afternoon show, but I want to thank our guest, Chris Camillo. Thanks to all of you in our chats on YouTube, on Benzinga.com, and of course on Benzinga Pro. You can get a free trial to Benzinga Pro by clicking on the link in the description of this video. You can also find more information about our events there. Uh, email us any questions, comments, concerns, premarket at benzinga.com. And please remember that all the information from our show is meant to be used as informational purposes and not for investing or trading advice. Everyone have a great rest of your Monday. We'll see you in the afternoon. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. 
Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.